Welcome to Spiritual and Empowerment Living with international speaker, spiritual mentor, and best-selling author, Tia Johnson, as she discusses spiritual and women's empowerment topics to assist you in igniting your spirituality and empowering your quality of life. Let's welcome your host, Tia Johnson. Hello, spiritual trailblazers, and welcome. I am so excited to present to you the guest today because she's pretty awesome. I've been following her work for a while, and I know she has great nuggets to share. So this episode, Living Your Truth and Running a Million Dollar Business with Kimra Luna. Kimra Luna is the founder of Freedom Hackers and is a personal branding and online business strategist. She helps freedom-seeking entrepreneurs to stand out captivate their audience's attention, and monetize their authentic brands online. From a standing start in May 2014, she's grown her email list and combined social media followings to over 200,000 people, like the size of a country, guys. (laughs) Kimra is the creator of Be True Brand You, her signature online program, which has over 1,500 students currently enrolled and has 5,000 students enrolled in her other online programs. You can find her YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook by searching Camera Luna, that's K-I-M-R-A Luna, and her website, Freedom Hackers, I will put in the description for this episode. Camera, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here today. I am super excited to have you I'm, for more than one reason. I mean, one, as I was just saying earlier, I took your Be True brand new course, and I really want to stress how awesome that course is above, you know, anything else. If anyone were to take something from this episode, one thing I would want them to take is how impactful the Be True brand new course is. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I'm glad that it has impacted your business in a very positive way. And it's been truly a blessing watching you grow and now having this super amazing podcast. I'm just, I'm just ec- ecstatic for you. Love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. So one thing I, I wanted to dive into as part of the title for this episode is, you know, living your truth. And, and I have to say, one of the things I truly, or I should say two things I truly admire about you is your ability to be vulnerable and your ability to be authentic. And I say this because when I see celebs, sometimes I feel like they're so far away and I can't relate to them. But when you post or share your new content, I feel like it's so relatable. And so in a world where likes can easily consume someone, how important is it for you to live your truth as a woman, a mom, a successful business owner and all that jazz? I've always kind of lived my truth naturally. I remember as a teenager, you know, I was just like, I'm just going to be punk rock and I don't care what anybody thinks about me. But still at the same time, I still did care. And sometimes it can be really difficult to be, you know, very authentic and very real with your audience because sometimes there's some crazy things that are happening in my life. You know, I... I'm a person who has experienced immense amount of trauma in my life. I'm also recently going through a divorce. And so there's so many ups and downs that we all have. And I feel like we need to share more of those things as business owners. You know, the reason why so many YouTubers have got so big is because they are just themselves. They're filming videos and they're just like, this is who I am. You like it, you like it, you don't, you don't. 
And a lot of those people have grown super huge followings. They've been able to grow all sorts of influence. And in fact, some YouTubers have more influence than even politicians even have, you know? So it's, it's really, it's an interesting world that we're in. Social media has definitely changed who can be an influencer and who cannot, who can inspire and who cannot, you know? So for me, it's just so important because I feel like, if we're doing something different, like why, it's like, I don't understand why you would even want to have a business if you're not going to be true to yourself. Like to me that it's like my, those two things just don't like it clashes, you know what I mean? To <laughs> like be inauthentic. It like, it just clashes with just my whole belief system of what I've loved my whole entire life. I've always been like, I'm just going to be myself, you know, and I'm going to have a giant pink mohawk living in a small town in Idaho, you know, and be the weirdo and the freak of the town, but whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I was just like, I'm just going to do it. And that's what I want to do. So I don't know, I guess it's kind of like, it's important for business. I think in general, I feel like people want to buy from someone who is authentic, but I think it's most important for ourselves because if we are hiding and we're being ashamed of things, it can be hard. You know, it, it is a journey. I mean, even myself, like over like two years ago, especially I was having like a lot of acne on my face and I was scared to get on live streams and things like that. And I just started like going on them without makeup on. And I was just, I'm just going to do this because I'm like, you know what? I can't keep fighting myself. You know, like I got to go out there. I got to get my message out there. And so sometimes it can be hard, whether it's acne on our face or maybe it's something that happened in our childhood that maybe we've been ashamed of our whole lives. Oftentimes we can find a story within all that that can inspire lots of people. And that's what's happened to me recently, you know, with last year, especially when I posted about getting divorced, I had a lot of people who were kind of let down because everybody saw my brand almost like, oh, Kimmer has it all. She has this, you know, multi-million dollar empire she's building, you know, and she has all these beautiful kids and like the hot husband and all this stuff, right? And I did have all that, right? But my marriage wasn't working, you know? And when I made the post about it, it was very shocking to people. There were people messaging me crying, like people calling me, sending me voicemails. They were crying. And it was, I had my team members were crying. Um, it was a really big thing. And so some people were let down by that, but I knew I had to say something. I didn't want to just be going along, pretending like I'm still married and all everything's all happy-go-lucky and everything to my audience, you know? And there are some people that do do that. Some people, they don't want to share that they are, you know, got separated or divorced or things like that publicly. But I knew I needed to. I knew that my audience would get it and they would be on my side, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved how you explained, hey, look, I, I know this is my truth and this is something that I had to say. And I remember in one of your live streams, you talked about it's okay to share what you're going through, but you also need to share that path where you are going to be on the up and up. So mm -hmm. I think that's the, the really interesting part about that, because if you are posting a lot of unfortunate things that are happening, or even if it is good, but it's going to be messy in the process, people could easily just brush that off. But to have a really candid post saying, look, this is me living my truth. You know, I know I'm going to have some people on my side. I know it's going to be a shocker to people, but this is something I have to do. I just feel like that's where a lot of respect comes in. It's like, you know what? She went out on a limb. She didn't yeah. have to do this, but she did. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I do get messages and things like that all the time. I recently did 
a short series on my Instagram, which I still have some more that I'm going to add to it, just about shame and like different ways I had been shamed in my, in my childhood and in my life. And I was showing pictures that are normally things I wouldn't post online, you know, where it is exposing more of my body than I would normally expose. But I felt like with those posts, I, I needed to post the vulnerable stuff. It was time. And so I think it's like, it's not always time to share everything. Mm-hmm. So you can be authentic, but I feel like there's a timing that comes with it. And um, especially like when the whole Me Too movement started happening, um, it was very difficult for me because I was still in the closet as a pansexual woman at the time. And I wanted to share my Me Too story, but I ended up not sharing it. I ended up, I still have not shared it yet because my story has so much depth to it. It's almost like it's going to be 10 stories. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that it just wasn't the right time, but I do have the right time that I will be sharing that because sometimes it is more impactful to wait. And so it's finding that balance on when you should say something and when you should wait. Because my ex and I, we had been having struggles for a few years And I had never said one peep about it online. I never even mentioned it to my girlfriends, you know, like I was like, I just, you know, we had our therapy, we had our coaching, but I never said anything to anybody like, oh, me and my husband are going through something, nothing at all. Um, Because I felt like it just wasn't the right time to say it. I needed to know, is this going to work or is this going to not work? And once I knew for sure, okay, that marriage is not going to work. Then me and my ex actually sat down and wrote the post together and made a very conscious, mindful post, which he's never even sat down and wrote a post with me ever before. But we wanted to make sure we had a very mindful post that was posted. And actually, the number one thing that's Googled is Kimra Luna divorce uh, when it comes to my name, Um, because it was something that was it just affected a a lot of people and a lot of people were surprised by it and that sort of thing. Recently, in um, April 2018, for people listening to this, might list it years now from now. But in April 2018, um, I decided to come out of the closet publicly. A few of my close friends knew, my ex-husband knew, um, a few family members knew, um, but most people didn't know that I'm a pansexual person, right? Um, especially seeing the fact that I was married in a monogamous relationship for 12 years to a man, right? So people were just like, wait, what? Like they're very, it was very confusing. But coming out of the closet was by far the scariest thing I had ever posted. It's still to this day, the scariest thing when I even mention it or talk about it. It's very terrifying to me. And even like a few days ago was like bisexual, like awareness day. And I didn't even make a post. Because it's still such a scary subject to me because I was so shamed by my church growing up. I was so shamed by being raised in Idaho where it's like, oh my gosh, if you're gay, like basically you can never have a job and never have any friends and you're just like a complete loner your whole life. So being raised in that sort of environment has still left some of that that inside of me. And so I'm still working through that and I'm able to share those experiences with my audience as I'm working through things, but posting that I was pansexual and emailing my list that has over 65,000 people. So it's basically like coming out of the closet to 65,000 people at one time um, to my list. And then, and then my followers again, on top of that, which is like, you know, on my social media platforms, like over, you know, a few hundred thousand. 
Um, so it's like coming out of the closet to like a ton of people all at once. It was so terrifying, but I was like, I have to send out this email because I have to be able to just be myself and be who I am. I, I won't feel free. Mm-hmm. And my brand is called freedom hackers, you know, like yeah. it, it's about freedom. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to email this. And I did. And I ended up losing about 2000 subscribers within the first week. Um, and I ended up losing thousands of uh, followers on my Facebook page. I lost lots of Facebook friends. I also um, lost a lot of my Instagram followers as well. So, and then on my YouTube channel, I started getting hate messages. Um, so it was, it was very interesting because I, I had gotten haters before, but it, it hadn't been people hating like the essence of who I am as a person mm. there. It was people that like, Oh, I don't like her teaching style or, Oh, she's annoying or whatever. Um, it was, it's so different to then have haters where they're hating the essence of you. But I knew that that was going to happen. I had, you know, spiritual coach on, on tap at that point. Um, you know, I had my therapist ready to go because I knew that posting that, yeah. was going to sorry my son's here yeah. if you guys hear him yes baby that's a computer baby um and you know I knew that posting that and sharing that there was going to be backlash mm-hmm. and it happens and sometimes we just that's just part of it you know and we can't really create change in the world if we're so afraid of there ever being backlash because there's going to be no matter what you do it doesn't matter. They can be like, oh, I don't like the color of your hair. I don't like the color of the lipstick you're wearing. I don't like that dress you're wearing. Like, there's always going to be critics. It doesn't matter what you do, right? So we can't, we can't allow that fear to hold us back from being our authentic self online. Yeah, I, I had to wholeheartedly agree with that. And I actually watched the, I believe it was the four-part series mm-hmm. where you did your talk where you came out. And I just thought, wow, what guts. And... I remember I'd seen one of your Facebook ads and you having blue hair and tattoo were, were some of the reasons why I had actually went to you mm-hmm. <laughs> because you looked different. It, you weren't the, the cookie cutter, you know, business woman. It's like, oh, look, she looks more like me with the tattoos and stuff like that. So, but yeah, it's, it's so interesting that, you know, you, you want to speak your truth. But then you, you had to mentally prepare yourself mm-hmm. for that level of backlash. Just like you said, you know, that's me. That's my essence. Like, yeah, the content you put out is also you. But now it's, it's like really personal. So mm-hmm. what are some of the tips you can give to the listeners out there who want to be on that path of being a very successful entrepreneur and they want to be themselves, but they are terrified? Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you have to always think about the audience and how it's going to affect them. Um, coming out of the closet, of course, was going to affect me in some negative ways. That is true. There was going to be the backlash and the haters and the, the horrible emails. And I mean, it's possibly even going to affect my kids in the future, you know, when they're growing their YouTube channels and, and things like that. How is it going to affect them? Are there going to be people saying things to them because they have a queer mother, right? So I knew that there's going to be repercussions, but I have to remember how it affects my audience. When they hear that I am 32 years old coming out of the closet, right? After I have three kids, they're like, wow, you know, like I can come out of the closet. Mm -hmm. I had people, I had some people messaging me. One woman said she didn't come out of the closet until she was 45 years old. 
Um, and she had ha her kids were adults, you know, when she yeah. came out of the closet, you know, and so I got a lot of people saying how inspiring it was, how they could relate to my story, even though it was people that weren't necessarily gay or on the LGBTQ spectrum, like there were still people that were just like, I relate to that story, camera, because they related to the shame that was happening in the story. They related to the guilt. They related to, you know, just different experiences that we had within like church experiences and church camp and, and, you know, people around us saying, you know, homophobic things. And so people really related to the story on a, on a whole other level that wasn't necessarily about even being gay or queer. It was more like, wow, like you're a person and you have experienced similar things that I've experienced. And it connected me on a much deeper level to my audience. I'm very grateful that my friend uh, Michael gave me a stage to share my story um, because he didn't really know what exactly I was going to share. Um, he really trusted me in that. And I shared the story originally to just, it was about 50, 60 people in the room. And then I ended up sharing it to, you know, everyone, the video of it. And, you know, I have to keep reminding myself, is this story that I'm going to share, like, or I guess asking myself, is the story that I'm going to share help my audience in a positive way? And if it inspires them, even just an ounce, I know that I'm doing my job in the world. And so I always keep rem reminding myself of that because the, it was conflicting to press the, to press the upload button, you know, like that was very conflicting. I was like, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to click send on this email? Um, you know, because I knew that it was going to affect something. I didn't know how big or how small it was going to be, but I knew something was going to be affected. But I did know that there was definitely people on my email list who probably hadn't come out of the closet. There's definitely people on my email list who may be, you know, married and they want to come out of the closet to yeah. their partner, you know? Um, so there's, there was a lot of reasons why I wanted to share. And I knew that even though it's terrifying, cause it's still terrifying. It's not like I'm doing this and I'm just like, Oh, I'm so fearless. I'm going to share every detail my whole life. No, I still got things that I ain't saying nothing about ever, you know? Um, but I do it. I do it because I know that on the other side of fear is going to be that inspiration that people get. It's going to be movement, action. If one thing I say moves a person to action, I'm doing my job. When I posted about my divorce, there were women who were messaging me saying, I, today I texted my husband and said, we need to go to counseling. Mm. There were people that messaged me and said, I have been wanting to divorce my husband for over five years and I have not said anything to him. I'm going to go and do that because if you can do it, camera, I can do it. So you never know how it's going to affect people. And sometimes it's for good. Sometimes it's for bad, maybe, but it always, there's always some sort of ripple effect that's happening. And hopefully the goal for me, at least is that it's a, it, that ripple is a positive ripple um, and affecting people in a, in a good way where that, where it's enhancing their life and their life is getting better because I shared my story and there's still so much more stories to share. Um, I haven't even shared a lot of stuff about my childhood. Um, there's a lot of, lot of layers to me that just aren't even public yet. And I'm very excited, which is why, you know, I want to start working on a book, why I started a new blog, all these other things, because I feel there's just so much more to me 
And I'm very grateful that now I have a platform to be able to, to help so many people. That is awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, is there a book in the works? <laughs> there is a book in the works. Um, it's gonna, it's not going to be under my freedom hackers brand because I'm not going to be talking about business Mm -hmm. in the book. The book is going to be more about my life story and my journey and that, um, I'm sorry if you guys can hear my son in the background. He's, he's having a good old time. Yes, you are serious. He's like hanging out upside down right here. Um, (laughs) he's, he's the other guest. No worries. You're you're a special guest, serious. You're a special guest. Um, but yeah, like it was, it was I just know I need to get my book out there. I really want it to be something that's just sharing my story, something that is going to inspire people. And I don't know if, you know, it's going to be a New York Times bestseller or any of that sort of thing. I just know when my stories get out there, it's going to be able to to help more people. And sometimes, you know, I may even be thinking like, oh, well, my story is not going to help anyone, blah, blah, blah. Everyone has a story. You don't know how many times I go, I sit down at the bar and I start talking to someone and I, and I'm one of those people where I don't like to say a lot about me. I like, I just ask them questions and kind of go deep into them and that sort of stuff. And by the end of the conversation, I'm like, dude, why don't you have a book? You know, like, like yeah. every person I have ever met has incredible stories. We have all gone through struggles. We have all had triumphs. We've all had wins and losses. We've all had ups and downs. And therefore, we all have a story that can help inspire people. And so I don't think, I really hope that nobody listening here is thinking like, oh, well, Kimra, I don't have your story. I didn't go from like rags to riches or I didn't go from like, you know, having abusive home to having success in life or anything. You have, you know, all of every person listening has gone from the bottom to the top, sometimes back down to the bottom again. I mean, I definitely have gone back to the bottom a few times in my life, uh, more than a few times, more like a hundred times, but I've been able to rise up and I just keep on rising up. And guess what? Everybody listening has all rose up too. Yes, absolutely. So one thing I'm always interested in, well, I keep saying one thing, but it's really always two things. It seems like are the background stories and the back end working. So what is a typical day for Camera Luna? Because I know you are crazy busy. Um, yeah, the typical day for me, I mean, it really depends on the day. I do, currently, I'm working pretty hev- heavily on building my YouTube channel. Um, I have a podcast I've been working on. And so my podcast is every Tuesday. And since my podcast is on Tuesday, I, I record it live on purpose because if I don't record something live, I just don't like end up doing it. So I record the podcast live on purpose to make sure I get it done because I'm not an A personality person. And, um, but because I know I'm doing a podcast that day, typically that's days that I will film videos or record things that I need to record because I know I'm already going to put my makeup on to do that podcast interview thing. Right. So that way I don't have to like worry about putting my makeup on every single day to like film videos and stuff. So I try to batch content. Um, that seems to work better for me. You know, like sometimes I'll even do it like on a weekend. Like if I know like, okay, I have like these five videos, I really want to record them. I'll get a babysitter to come for like three or four hours and I'll just crank out the videos. I like to batch things. That's the easiest thing that works for me and my family. Um, I also love to delegate things out. I like to use templates. Um, my friend, Jamie Jensen, she has these wonderful copywriting templates that makes it really easy for me to just like whip out an email. 
because it's like a template with a structure to an email and then I don't have to think so hard because writing an email, it would take me a whole freaking day. Like there's so many times where like people are just like, gosh, Cameron, have you sent out that email yet? You know, I'm just like, oh, I'm still writing it. You know, like it'll take me the whole day. So I, I try to simplify as much things in my life as possible. Any processes I can simplify, we do that in my business. And um, there's a new book that just came out where actually I just interviewed the, the author of the book, Mike Michalowicz. He has a book called Clockwork that just came out. And it's all about all of this stuff. So I highly recommend um, you getting it because even though I'm four years in business, I'm still figuring out all of my systems and processes of doing everything to make things as simple as possible in my business, simplifying, you know, um, so, and even if it means like, say you're, you're starting a business, simplify your home. You know, if you could even simplify your home life, just the relief that you give yourself, that means like getting rid of all the things you don't need in your home. If you haven't used it in six months, donate it, you know, like get it out of your home, hire a maid, hire an organizer. I got a personal organizer coming tomorrow. You have to do those things to clear up that clutter because our mind space gets really blocked. And then we can't even figure out what we're supposed to be doing next. You know, we have like this checklist of things and we're like scrambled all over the place. And I know for me, if I start feeling overwhelmed, what I end up doing is I end up just sitting and like binging Netflix or Hulu because I'm, (laughs) because I overwhelm myself. Right. You know? And so I have to get into this space where I'm not overwhelming myself. And so I like to break down things into very small bite-sized chunks. I like to, you know, if, if, if my thing is like, okay, I need to write an email to promote a new webinar, right? Maybe I have a webinar coming up. I will break it down into little parts. I'll be like, oh, paragraph one, paragraph two, paragraph three. And then on paragraph two, I can take a break. You know, but like, so I, I always make sure I'm incorporating those little breaks in, rewarding myself for getting work done. Because when you work for yourself, you don't have anybody patting you on the back saying, hey, great job. You know, awesome job today. Give me a high five when you're walking out the door. I mean, for me, I'm not even walking out the door. I'm in my house, you know, who's going to give me a high five, right? You know, so we have to, we have to make sure that we are keeping ourselves sane and putting systems together, simplifying things, breaking things down into very small pieces so that things aren't overwhelming for us. Um, but my typical day, I mean, it really varies. Sometimes I'm doing a podcast interview like this. Other times I'm doing a webinar. Other times I'm doing a training for my students. Other times I'm on client calls. Other times I'm just not doing anything because I'm being lazy and I'm having all my team do all the rest of this work for the day. Um, so it, it really varies. Um, there's no like specific thing, but I do have days of the week that I like to do filming, uh, particularly Tuesday. That's like my filming day. That's like my day. I block off for filming. I don't let anything get booked up on that day. Pretty awesome. And yeah, I like the designated days because it, like you said, it just simplifies things. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Exactly. So what are some of the things that you are constantly debunking regarding your business and even with your personal life when people talk to you or just even in passing? Well, there was this post and I don't think this person will like it if I talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Um, this person had made a post, a video, I won't say their name, I guess, but it was this video that was all about, you know, like you have to sacrifice all of this stuff and like, you can't have like the family life and like, you got to work on holidays. And I'm like, this guy, I'm like, I'm like, yo, like you make like $10 million a year and you're sitting here making a video telling all of us measly entrepreneurs or whatever that aren't at your level yet telling us that we have to not see our family on a holiday. 
I'm like, are you kidding me right now? And I commented on the thing. And I mean, I was, and luckily there's a lot of other people that were, that were like on my side that were just like, yeah, like, why would you miss a holiday? Aren't you an entrepreneur so you could have freedom? Like, what the <laughs> heck is, you know what I mean? Like, everyone, like, people were so confused on this post. And this guy has millions of followers. His list is definitely millions of people as well. And I'm like, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. And I feel like it was, it was kind of hilarious because I had one of my best friends from Idaho growing up. I mean, she's been my friend for 18 years. She came out to New York to spend some time with me. And she was like, you were the, the laziest entrepreneur I've ever seen in my life. Um, and I was like, well, is that an insult or a compliment? You know, like, and she was like, it's kind of both, you know, she's like, it's kind of strange to see that you're just like chilling all day. Uh, but then it's also kind of refreshing that I know that you don't have to bust your ass 24 seven in order to have success. Mm -hmm. You know, she came and, and she's a friend, you know, she was raised just like me, you know, raised on welfare and lived in poverty and all sort of stuff. And, you know, for her to come and like see stuff, she's like, wow, like you can actually have a great life and not be grinding yourself to death. You know, and I get really frustrated when a lot of these people online are just like, oh, you need to work so hard, work hard, work hard, work hard. I was like, I ain't working hard in a day in my life. Like, that's just not happening. Like, I'm just not going to. And that that means I have to go and end up on welfare again, then I'm just going to be poor. Because I would rather not work hard. I would much rather be smart about what I do, put systems in place, hire team members who are going to help me, and spend time with my kids while they're still young and want to hang out with me. Because once they're teenagers, they're going to be like, yeah, whatever, mom, you know, and I want to be able to spend time with them. And right now, I mean, my son, he's sitting here right next to me and he's just cuddling, rolling around on my bed with me. You're so cute, serious. And to me, that's what freedom is. Everybody thinks like, oh, it has to be so perfect all the time. And I'm just like, no, it doesn't. I don't do anything perfect. Like that's, I think the key to my brand people know me as like not doing things perfect, you know, like, uh, Kimmer will figure it out later, you know, like, <laughs> so I don't do things perfect. And I just, I had to just get past all that sort of stuff. And I, trust me, I wanted everything to be perfect. Oh, my website needs to be perfect. All these things have to be exactly in these particular ways. And then I realized actually, no, it doesn't. I could just send people a PayPal link and they can buy something from me. I don't even need a sales page, you know, like, duh. And I even, I even have like, I have a membership site that has, um, it has like 700 people inside of it and they pay monthly for this program. And I don't even have a sales page made for it. There's like a little tiny video that's just like, Hey, hopefully you like the program. This is what you get in it. And it's like a checkout page with like, they have to fill in their billing information. There's not even any other, any words or content, nothing trying to sell them anything on it. Um, and so I'm like, it doesn't need to be perfect. I got 700 people to sign up for something and there's not even a sales page. You just got to go out there and do it. I feel like I kind of debunk a lot of myths. I feel like, you know, the, oh, you need to have all these fancy sales pages and all this fancy stuff. I definitely debunk that because some of my stuff does not look that cute and people still buy it. <laughs> yeah, so it reminds me of the article about uh, the avocado toast where some, mm. someone said, oh, yeah, don't buy avocado toast and then maybe you'll have money for buying real things like a car or put it towards something else. So someone actually broke it down and go, oh, yeah, yeah. so saving a 100 or so dollars at the end of the year is really going to help me get that car. Thanks. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Let me have my avocado toast. Yeah, like that doesn't make any sense because for me, avocado toast isn't even that expensive. I mean – it isn't. But for two, it's like, 
there's no right or wrong way to have success in business. You know, like we can choose the way that we want to have success. I mean, I have a friend who she used to be the face of a brand. And after a few years, that's not what she wanted anymore. She wanted to, you know, have a baby. She didn't want to be the face of a brand anymore. And now she has a, a successful software company. And it's a very successful software company. They're making over, they made over 4 million this last year. She is like, you, I got to choose how I wanted to run my business. It's a choice, the way we run it, the way we do things. Yes, you want to do things smart, but you can do it to fit your lifestyle and who, who you are as a person. You don't need to sacrifice who you want to be. I feel like you should come up with your own dictionary defining success, <laughs> defining <laughs> entrepreneurship, things like that. Yeah, I agree. I think that maybe I should make up like a, like almost like an urban dictionary, but for entrepreneurs, <laughs> the yeah, freedom, really. freedom hackers dictionary coming to a story <laughs> near you. There you go. There you go. Exactly. So I, so I like a little bit of chaos in my life, which is why earlier I asked you, what's a typical day for camera luna oh mine's chaos every day yeah <laughs> i mean i had chaos even trying to get onto this podcast you know the whole thing my whole day has just been chaos but i actually like it like that because as you were saying earlier it makes it more it's it's real like this is what's really going on well and, and all those other people they just hide the chaos the chaos is yeah. happening to them you know <laughs> like all their stuff is all oh so pretty la di da di da i was just like uh the, the, your dirty laundry basket fills up just as fast as mine does so you know you got to do laundry too your house gets messy just like mine does your kids destroy the bathroom and make it a huge mess just like my kids do you know like it's it's some people I think they just hide it better you know I'm not very good at hiding it so no (laughs) no no that that is all good really because and I don't know this is an epidemic but yeah it's just people who want and Again, maybe not an epidemic, but people who want to put their best face forward, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it gets lost in the sauce of that fine line of, okay, do I present, present myself this way or do I present myself yeah. that way? So what's a question or questions you wish more people would ask you when they want to work with you? Um, what my weaknesses actually are, you know, I'm not a follow through. So I'm not a good coach to coach someone for like a year period of time. Because I'll probably forget they exist. Uh, my brain just like, it just moves on to the next thing quickly, quickly, quickly. I'm much better of a coach to hire for one-off sessions. You know, like, uh, oh, when it, as needed, one-off sessions. And so that's why my coaching packages are like that. You know, it's just like, oh, hey, 10 calls. Here's the price you get. Use them whenever you want up in the next four or five months. Whatevs, I'm flexible. Who cares? And all the clients love it because they're just like, yeah, I just, I, it's like they get the dose of camera when they need it and then they go on their way because that, and that's how I work. So when you, when you understand how you work, it becomes a lot easier. And so over time I had to figure that out. Because I thought that, oh, yeah, I could take year-long clients. No, not working. I ended up refunding all of those people. Because I was just like, I just, nope, I'm forgetting that you were even alive. So I need to, (laughs) I need to, like, not do this because this is not going to look good. I'm going to have a bunch of really horrible testimonials, right? Like, no one's going to want to work with me. So when you learn, like, how you work, it's always a good thing. And then as for people, like, not, like, wanting, no, people don't want to show their weaknesses, right? And so I've been dating over the past year and a half 
since my separation, I actually like to tell them flaws about me up front. You know, like uh, one thing is I'm, I'm passionate almost to a fault. I make a lot of mistakes because I just do things off of emotions. And I just tell people these things, like straight up. Like I'm just like, like this is just how I am. Take it or leave it, you know? Like, do you want to date me or not? You know, like if, you, if you're down for like this like roller coaster, like here's what it is. I'll be like, yeah, you know, I had an ex-boyfriend and he ended up becoming an alcoholic. So I don't want you drinking a lot near me. Like maybe one or two drinks. If you drink more than that, I'm probably going to be pissed off at you. And they're like, huh? And I'm just like, I'm just telling you the truth, man. You know, <laughs> like I want you to know like the truth. And I, and I think sometimes we're, we're scared to do that, but actually it helps us sort better. It helps us get the right clients that are the best fit for us. It helps mm -hmm. us get the right partners or friendships in life that are right for us. You know, um, I have a thing where I really love text messaging my partner, right? Like I love to get those little text messages that are just like, oh, hey, baby, I was just thinking about you, right? If I don't get those from my partner, I'm like, did you just forget I am alive? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. that's just like how I feel, you know? And I don't need texting all day. And so I tell mm -hmm. them this up front. I said, I don't need texting all day. I just need a, hey, good morning, baby. Like, I hope you have a wonderful day. That's all yeah. I need. You know, and then I'm like, okay, great. He thought about me for a minute. You know, I'm, I'm good to go, right? Um, and when you know that with your clients or with your business, like how you roll, it makes a lot more sense. Another thing too is you need to tell your clients and customers that you're not a mind reader. A lot of times I will see someone who's like, oh, I had a bad experience with so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, did you ask them to do better? And they're like, No why didn't you ask them? Maybe they didn't know that they were sucking. You know what I mean? Like right. you got to like let the person know, you know, and, and I had a client, especially when I was going through um, some health problems and stuff recently, I was like, Hey, I have some health problems going on. If you need me, send me a message on Facebook. I don't think I'll be able to hop on a call for maybe the next week or two, but I still want to support you. And she was like, I'm so grateful. Like you let me know, Kimra. She's like, is there any way maybe we could just do like a 20 minute, like quickie call? Right. It's like she had to ask me, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. if you don't ask, you don't get. And right. I think sometimes we forget that, you know, sometimes we might have hired a person to help us with something. But then if we don't tell them, hey, something's going on wrong, something's not working. Like, how are they freaking supposed to know? We can't just read your mind, you know? So I'm grateful that she said that because I was like, well, yeah, I can hop on like a 20 minute call like real quick. I was just I was just like, I don't know, an hour or two call like I'm gonna be drained, you know, and she was just like, all right, like, let's do something real quick. She's like, I'm ready to go. And so she asked me though, you know, and I think when we're honest with our clients, we're honest with our customers, we can let them know like, Hey, like there's something going on. I got to take a break for a few days. I'll get back to you at this time. Here's, you know, I have it on my, I have it on my calendar to get back to you. Um, that sort of stuff. It, it works out a lot better Then your clients aren't like all mad at you because like you had to reschedule a call or something. Just be honest with them. Tell them what's up, you know? Yeah, it cuts down on so much heartache. And I think some people, while they do want to live their truth, they are afraid of going back to earlier, the backlash. Like, oh my gosh, if I tell them I have to reschedule or I'm sick or whatever, what's going to happen? Let me just try and do this anyway. And then they're not 100% for their client. Their client doesn't know it. And it's just a downward spiral. Yeah, exactly. And then the client's already getting upset and then they're doing a charge back to their bank. 
you know, or to the credit card, you know what I mean? And then you're like, oh, crap. And if you get too many of those, I mean, your bank, your business bank account could get shut down, you know, like you have to be taking care of your customers and your clients. And the thing is, is though, you have to let them know, I can't read your mind. You need to tell them, please communicate with me. I'm asking you, please tell me if something isn't right. Because I can't make something better if I don't know if there's something's not right. Absolutely. And it's funny, when you were talking about dating, I had to giggle to myself because when you mentioned, don't drink no more than two drinks. So quick story. When I was on a date with this one guy, uh, I would just drink because I can hold my alcohol. It, it's not a thing for me. And at one point he goes, are you trying to get drunk? And I'm thinking to myself, no, this is, this is how I drink. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it, it's funny because, well, I'm glad that he said it out loud because now I understood that his perception was totally different. So Yeah, wow. because some people can handle like five or six drinks. But if I sat down on a date right. and someone drank five or six drinks, I'm like, what are you doing? You know, exactly. because so, I can't drink that much. Like I would be completely trashed if I drank five drinks, you know. So I, I like to be like, hey, just a few drinks. And the reason why I even say that, too, is because I want to get to know them. I don't want to get to know mm-hmm. the drunk, the drunk version of them. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here to know you, not like you when you're like I'm needing to like help you, you know, because you're vomiting in the street. You know, like I don't want to do that. You know. Exactly. So yeah, like I and I'm cool people drinking. I just don't want it to be like overdone. You know, I guess so to speak. So um, and I'm upfront with people with that. And I think sometimes we need to be upfront with people, whether it's our audience, whether it's our clients, our customers. We need to let them, we need to let them know like what's up and what's going on with us and they, and they vice versa. And I feel like when you are honest with them, they're going to be honest with you. Absolutely. And then there's no doubts. Just, I know exactly who I'm dealing with. Exactly. Exactly. So Cameron, any final thoughts? I felt like we talked so much. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, one of the things that has been kind of going through my mind lately is like, we really need to be mindful of like who we're listening to. There's just so much stuff with like the political climate and all sorts of activist movements and things going on. And there's just so many things going on just in the online space in general. And I feel it's like we need to start being very mindful of who we're listening to, who we're connecting with, who we're building relationships with. Because I find that, and it's sometimes it's like kind of shocking to me. Like I'll look at someone who I'm like, oh yeah, this guy is great. They're super cool. I love all their content. And then I'll see them like in a picture on their Instagram next to a person where I'm like, that person is a total a-hole. Like, why are they spending time with this person? And so I've been being more mindful of those sorts of things. And I, I want everybody to, to do their due diligence on who they buy from, who they work with, who they hire as a coach. You know, what are the actual testimonials they have? What are the results they have? Are they truly helping people? Are they truly on the side of peace and joy and love, you know? It's something that's been just on my heart like a lot lately because I just feel like there's so many people that come to me and they're like, oh my gosh, I got ripped off by so-and-so or there was this one woman, it's like she hired a person to like coach her and there was like this supposed to be this retreat that happened. She paid this person $10,000. They never hosted the retreat. They never did. They did like one coaching call with her. They didn't like she was supposed to get access to them like through a Voxer app. They didn't give her access. And I'm like, you pay $10,000 to this person. And the person lived in a different country. And so the bank wouldn't do like the chargeback thing. So she has not been able to get her money back and all sort of stuff. And so 
we have to be so mindful of who we're choosing to work with. I'm very, very careful who I work with. I had hired a person for over $30,000 and they ended up kind of screwing me over. They left the projects half finished. I asked them for a partial refund back. They wouldn't give it to me. And this person has all these accolades and all of these like, oh, you're best friends with so-and-so and all, you know, all this stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, but they freaking screwed me over. And so sometimes we have to be very mindful and do more due diligence. And I mean, I had, you know, and it was more than a $30,000 loss. It was like $30,000 plus about another 80 to 80 to a hundred thousand dollars on my team also working on the projects and stuff too. So it was like over close to like $150,000 loss overall. And I, so that was like a huge mistake I made in my business. And I really hope that people are very mindful of who they hire. They look at the testimonials and they make sure that they literally ask those people. Like, don't just believe the testimonials, like ask them, like, what was your experience really like working with this person? What results were you able to get? And I should have done that. You know, I shouldn't have just like trusted the fact that she was friends with a bunch of my friends. And I feel like it's kind of just something that's kind of been on me lately because I've been getting so many messages from people where they've been ripped off by people and oftentimes can't get their money back. Mm. It's really sad. So be mindful out there, people. Be very mindful and, you know, work with people that align with your values and your belief systems. I feel like that's really important too. You know, I definitely want to work with people that are allies to LGBTQ people rather than people that are posting things that are against them or harmful to them in some way or people who are shaming others. I mean, because there's even people where they're not even shaming somebody for like being LGBT, LGBTQ or anything like that. They'll shame people for like not having enough money. Why would you work with someone that goes around shaming people just off of like random things? We need to pay attention to what some of these people that call themselves leaders are posting online because as I've gotten kind of, I guess, so to speak, bigger in my business, I've been able to be in circles of people and there's times where there's things that I've heard them say where I'm just like, I'm not going to, you know, recommend you to any of my friends now, you know, after the things that they say in private. And so, you know, it's, it's important to be as mindful as we can of, of these certain things. And, and I am grateful that because of where I'm at in my industry, I am able to, you know, go to different dinner parties and get to meet people and stuff. And sometimes I get to meet them and be like, oh, they're shady, you know, and I'm not going to connect with them. And so that is really nice. But that's why I tell everybody, like, do a lot of due diligence before you start working with people and buying things from people and supporting people. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Do your homework. It's it's worth spending X amount of time to really check mm-hmm. out these people than to Yeah, yeah. join a join a twenty thousand dollar mastermind and then that you don't get any you don't get right. the results you're looking for or don't support you or just don't help you. That is sad. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's and it's happened. It's happened a lot. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. <sighs> Take a deep breath on that one. Wow. I know, I know, right? <laughs> but I mean, that's the reality, you know, and I like to keep things real. And I think sometimes people need to hear those things and those things can be scary. But I mean, it's just part of any industry, really. There's shady people in any industry. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. There's shady people. But doing your best to ask around and talk to people is great. Because guess what? Oftentimes, if you do ask people, they say, no, working with them sucked. But guess what? So-and-so was awesome. You know, then you're able to actually get like those good recommendations. And if someone is like a mentor to you or something, ask your mentor who they would recommend, you know, ask someone that you look up to, like who, who they would recommend, because you're going to get a much better result doing that than just hiring anybody you see on a Facebook ad. 
Because anybody can spend money on a Facebook ad. Doesn't mean they're not shady. Right, right. That's one thing I have learned is to, like you said, ask a lot of questions and get a, a feel for them because a lot of times it's a very fancy front. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. The front, of, their front of their store is really clean, but the back is real dirty. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I wanted to touch on too was there's a lot of these people that always talk about how kind of we were talking about earlier, just kind of like the chaos and what's real and things like that. And I want people to hear that there isn't really such a thing as a work-life balance. I think it's more of kind of like an imbalance, but we can't balance everything. We can't do every single thing on our own. And the more you decide to delegate, the more you decide to get help and support, the easier it is to run your business and the easier or the more it's going to feel like there's balance. There's always going to be an unbalance because it's like, you never know. I mean, Look at the last election. It's like, boom, there's a like election hit. And it's like everybody on the whole online world was like in distress, you know? Mm-hmm. How was I going to stand out of all of that noise that was out there? And, you know, I had to talk to my team about it. And we had to be like, okay, what sort of positive stuff can we send out there? What sort of inspirational stuff can we send out there? We're always striving for a balance though, right? I know myself, I have not been able to find that quote unquote work-life balance. I don't know if I ever will, but what I do know is that I'm going to be very mindful of, you know, people who I hire on my team, the support that I get. And the more I take things off of my plate, the easier my business has been. And I have, I am able to just like take a whole day off if I need to take a whole day off. You know, I am able to take my kids to the museum if I'm just like, hey, let's all go to the museum. We just pile them all in the car and we go. I am able to have those freedoms. But I don't think that balance is actually the same thing as freedom, I guess. We have to remember, like, it's okay to not have that balance. Everybody everybody that's posting all their stuff on Instagram, they're only posting the good things. They're not posting the bad things that are happening. They're not posting, you know, some of the emotional distress they're having. They're not posting that, you know, maybe they're suffering through depression at that time, right? And so we can't be comparing ourselves to these people that have this fake balance, that's why I, I mean, that's what I consider it as this fake balance that they're sharing online. And of course, you know, men, they never get asked about their work-life balance, but that's a whole other topic. Oh, but I get, I get asked all the time on podcasts, all the time. It's probably, I've probably been asked about 40, 50 times. And I always say, I say, I don't have it. And I don't know if I'm ever going to have it. My kids, it changes from day to day. I mean, my youngest son, he's autistic. You know, I, I don't know what the future holds for him. So how would I know how to have a a perfect balance in my life? I was like, it's just not going to happen. And whoever is in my life, they all get that. And they all see that too. You know, they try to help me have more balance. Obviously my personal assistant and nanny and things like that, they help me have a little bit more balance, but the chaos is still there. And I don't feel like it ever leaves. I don't feel, I feel it actually intensifies as you get bigger in business because they, you have more responsibilities. You know, what? It's, it's exactly what Biggie says, you know, more money, more problems. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean the problems aren't solvable, but there definitely are more problems. There's more things that have to be solved and resolved and there's more balance that needs to happen. The balance just doesn't, it doesn't get there though. You know, it's like, you're just like, oh, I got that balance. And then you're like, oh, something else happened. Website crashed. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's so... It's one of those things where there's there's more responsibility the more money you make. I mean, for myself, the more I've made, obviously, there's more team members I've had to hire. There's more oh. risk that's happening because I'm spending more on advertisement. Oh, no. There's more 
technically more problems. It's just how you're able to get good at solving them. And you do get better with that stuff over time. Like I said, it doesn't turn into like a perfect balance. It's kind of like you just get better at handling the chaos, I think is really all that happens. And so I'm really, really good at handling the chaos now. <laughs> Before I was just like, oh my gosh, like things are going crazy. And I'm like about to cry and scream and throw my computer out the window. Now I'm just like, all right, that happened. Moving on to the next thing. Like when we're solved now, let's go on type of thing. So like I said, the work-life balance, it, like it just, it doesn't exist. We need to stop thinking that we need to have it because I just feel like it's not something that's completely attainable, at least not when you have a bunch of kids running around. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I can totally, totally relate to that because I have tried the whole balance thing. And then I, I remember thinking at one point, who came up with that idea? There's just yeah. no way. And I don't want to say uh, argument, but I got into a debate about this with my mom where I was just telling her, there's no way that people at a certain level can operate at this level and do everything else. They have to hire someone to cook for them or to clean or to, you know, be the virtual assistant, be the assistant, be this, be that, be that. Mm -hmm. And and I even say, if you think about it, even people who don't own their own business, we still need people to help us, whether we're Mm -hmm. at an office because we need an electrician to make sure that the lights are working. There's someone cleaning the bathrooms. There's someone taking out the trash. So even then there's still a team (laughs) to help work so it takes a team to make anything work anything mm-hmm. function and we we me and my oldest my oldest son we're doing guitar lessons together um with this guy nick and he came into the house and my personal assistant was like oh would you like a glass of water all sorts of stuff and I was, he's like oh yeah that would be great and i was like oh yeah that's that's my that's skylar that's my personal assistant and he's like you have a personal assistant i was like yeah i got a nanny a therapist here it's like yeah we gotta have a whole crew to make this ship run you know like like we need like a whole a whole team and i feel sometimes you know, we started living in a society where people aren't like tribal anymore, you know, where it's like everybody's mm-hmm. kind of helping each other out. We mm-hmm. all have like our separate little home and like that's the only people that help us out are the people that are in that home. And I think we need to go back to some of this like tribal sort of energy. And that's why I kind of like like having like a full team and I have a roommate here. My kids are around, you know, adults. They have like nannies and assistants mm-hmm. and all sorts of stuff. We, you know, a maid. It takes all that stuff to keep this place running. So I don't, and even if I, even if I was just a stay at home mom and, you know, my partner made, made, you know, great money enough to take care of us and everything, I would still want a maid. You know, I would still want to have somebody, you know, helping me with certain things or helping me do homeschooling with the kids. And, right, and like right. That, you know, like, I think we all need it and it's and there's a lot of shame around it um especially as mothers there's a lot of shame of like oh you have a nanny or oh like people try to nanny shame you I'm like yeah you try mm-hmm. to nanny shame me I'm like I work right. my butt off so I can afford a nanny you know right like, right but then like, if your house is dirty then then the, <laughs> the pain goes back on you yeah or, you know, Ooh, like, everything's dirty why yeah. is your why do you have dishes that are dirty oh, well because the maid didn't come <laughs> that's why they, right I don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but yeah, so people, they try to shame you almost for hiring someone to help you. And, and it was funny. And I was on Bumble, the dating app and I was messaging a guy and we've been messaging for like a few days or whatever. And he, he literally said to me, he's like, I really love how you just delegate everything out. I was like, yeah, I do. And it, that's what makes my life easy. I was like, oh, I'll just hire someone for that. And they're just like, he's just like, man, 
we've only been talking a few days and I've already heard you delegating about 20 things. I was like, yep, that's how I roll, man. <laughs> yeah, that's how you also get to stay sane. <laughs> exactly. That's how I keep my sanity. Exactly. Exactly. Love it. Oh, man. Well, Kimra, it was such a pleasure having you on here and inspiration. And I know people are going to listen to this episode over and over again. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. And I can't wait to send out this recording to you know all my audience because I'm sure they, they will definitely love it. Yes, there's nothing like behind the scenes. <laughs> Legit behind the scenes. I mean, the baby was crawling all over me the whole time. So, yeah. Thanks again. Many blessings, and I will talk to everyone soon. Have a great day, and be nice to yourself. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining Spiritual Living and Empowerment with Tia Johnson. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in to the next show. Want to continue the conversation with Tia? Follow her on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at Tia underscore Johnson underscore. Have a wonderful day filled with many blessings.